makes it real. And, and let me just kind of segue into a scripture verse that, that talks about one of the most famous storms in, in all of the Bible because Jesus was in the center of it. And so uh, today we're going to continue to talk about lessons that we've learned, lessons I have learned. And today I want to talk to you about the lesson that is this. You are never alone in a storm. If you know Jesus, you are never, ever, ever alone in a storm. So let's get started with the scripture here that takes place in the middle of a storm. I can't think of a better place. It is in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 8, verse 23 to 25. Uh, listen in. As they sailed across, this is the Sea of Galilee, Jesus settled down for a nap. And I'm glad this is in the Bible. You know, next time somebody tells me, Ed, you're taking a nap, I'm going to say, Jesus took naps, okay? So just kind of go with that. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. Now, I, I, the first time I went to Israel, I stayed in a motel beside the Sea of Galilee. We got in after dark. We drove the hour and a half from the airport to the motel. I really couldn't see much. We went to our motel. I was a zombie. I'd been up 24 hours straight. We went from the lobby to the 10th floor. I checked into my room. I got to bed. I slept about four hours. And in the middle of the night, a storm blew up on the Sea of Galilee. And it was incredible. I had a balcony. I walked out overlooking the Sea of Galilee. Kathy thought I'd lost my mind. I was standing out there looking for ships. I was looking. And I, fortunately, they were way too smart. None of them were out there on the sea. But I imagined for a moment this story. The boat was filling with water. And they were in real danger. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the winds and the raging waves. Suddenly, the storm, the storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where's your faith? Think about that for a minute. Jesus is in the boat with him. Where's your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. And they asked this question, who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. What a, what a narrative, what a story. And, and, and there are so many incredible lessons in these few short verses. I'm going to throw out three questions that, that I think will help us get from a story to making some personal applications in our life. And, and they, these are really not loaded or trick questions. They are simple questions. So I'm going to fire them out at you. Uh, one, two, three. Number one, where was Jesus when the storm came up on the lake? Where, where was he? Somebody here, help me out. Where was Jesus? He was in the, in the boat. Taking a nap. Okay? Remember that. What were the frightened disciples focused on? The wind, the waves, the storm. That's what they were focused on. And finally, this is really the, the, the kicker here. This is the part that we need to drill down on the most. And ultimately, this is how we're going to help make some great personal applications. And, and when I talk about lessons of life, things that, that will make a difference, these are game changer lessons. I asked number three, who did they believe Jesus was at that time? Now, it says right in the text, what do they do? They discussed among themselves. Who is this man that he can do these things? So I think it's safe to conclude to answer that question. They weren't really sure. 
They, they didn't fully grasp, but the man, and the, they called him master, master. You think, well, they were acknowledging him as God. They're calling him master. No, in the, in the context of the original languages, that, that was a reference of honor to someone who was their teacher. So it was not denoting, it was not indicated their deep faith in him as God in human form. And I don't think fully they grasped yet that taking a nap in the ship in human form was God incarnate, God in human flesh. Because if they'd have thought for a second that God was there with them in the boat, they'd have, they'd have got their skis out. And they'd have got ready to go skiing out there because they, they'd have known they'd had nothing to worry about. Because when you believe that God is with you in your life, the boat of your life, you have nothing to fear. And so these are incredible timeless principles from this story. They, they, they help teach us how to behave when a storm comes. Ultimately, if you can't make an application out of a story in the Bible, okay, what, what's it all about? Then you're missing the point. Jesus, Jesus was teaching them even taking a nap, he was teaching them that you could be at peace in the middle of a storm. But j just to make sure we're perfectly clear here today about the storms of life, I want to give you three absolutely critical insights th that you can connect to your life that will help you navigate the storms of life. So today's lesson, uh, I've learned from the storms. These are lessons I've experienced in life. These are a part of my my swan song series called Lessons, and here they are. First of all, number one, I'm just going to name them. I don't need to spend a lot of time with them. Here they are. Storms happen to everyone. Storms happen to everyone. That's a fact. Both wicked people and godly people go through the same storms of life. That's one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my life. Bad things happen to good people. Bad things happen to good people. Uh, earlier in the first hour, because Val is serving now in our, our, our nursery, uh, Pastor Jay and Val were sitting there and it hit me as I was thinking about how bad things happen to good people. And I was thinking, Jay, about how you've got these amazing kids, but some of you may not know, when you go into the Akron's Children's Hospital, there is an entire wing that he has paid for from his kids because they've, they've, it feels like it, doesn't it? They, they've spent a few nights now, and thank the Lord, before some of you walk out of here worried, they're all great, they're all fine, they're healthy. But, you know, if, if you haven't made a few trips to Akron's, Akron Children's Hospital and you're a parent or a grandparent, then you're just missing out on all the fun, okay? And, and so Jay's not one to miss out on the fun. And so, I mean, Val's a wonderful mother. Jay's an amazing dad. But sometimes bad things happen to good people. And I want to show you a verse here. I want to show you something. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 25, because this is the good news. If bad things happen to good and evil people, why bother? Why become a follower of Christ? Why give your life to God? Here it is, Proverbs 10, 25. When the storms of life come, the wicked are whirled away, but the godly have a lasting, what's that word? Foundation. Foundation. You see, with a relationship with Christ, when the storms of life come, and storms come on everyone, good and bad, you can be assured that you got something beneath you, a foundation to hold you up. And so let me just kind of go right into a question. Here's the question. This is making it personal. When the storms of life impact you and those around you, okay, remember this. 
remember this, you're not alone. And that you can turn on the light for those who are in the darkness of the storm. I'm convinced a lot of the reason God has us certain places when there's a storm, we go through it with others, is because God wants us to be there as the light. I, I shared first hour, and I don't have enough time to go into all the details. My brother Dan, who's in heaven now, their daughter uh, Tracy had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis and spent a lot of time in the hospital as a child. One of the times we were at their home, uh, Tracy, their daughter, who's now healthy and just a beautiful, brilliant young lady, they were massaging her legs because the joints, if you've ever been around juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, GRI swells the, the joints. And they were doing the work required to keep the joints limber. And I remember one day in particular, because it, it, it's just never left my mind, I can kind of hear the voice of this little two and a half year old girl going, Mommy, Mommy, please stop. Please stop, it hurts. Mommy, please stop. I'll be good. Because in a child's mind, you know, there's pain here. What, what have I done wrong to deserve this? And that's, that's the immaturity of a child because the child couldn't understand that, that storms happen to everybody and, and lots of two-and-a-half-year-olds go through things like this. And, and storms happen to everyone. We, we all, everybody there, except for mom, walked out of the room weeping. Please stop, I'll be good. And, and see, a lot of us are doing the same thing with God. We're basically saying, God, stop the storm. I'll be good. When, when the truth is, in that hospital stay, during that period of time, my brother Dan and his wife met another couple going through the same thing with another child, and they led him to Christ. And that man ultimately became a deacon in the church where my brother pastored. He grew to spiritual maturity. And they look back on that, both, both of them going, oh my goodness, if it had not been for the pain of that storm, Maybe we'd never heard about Jesus. I don't get it. You say, well, that's cruel. God's cruel. Stop. Would you just stop trying to rationalize the temporary and ask? You're trying to answer the why. When, when God wants us to not focus on the why, God wants us to focus on the what. You're never going to figure out the why. You're not God. Man, don't waste time worrying about the why. That's what some of you do. You lose your joy. Why this? Why did I, what did I do to deserve that? Well, storms, life lesson. Happened to everybody. And at the end of the day, ask the question, what am I supposed to know or learn or experience through this? For my brother, it's that I'm supposed to be a light in this storm. By God's grace, he got it. So when the storms of, of life impact you, would you remember that? Jesus is always there. He is always there. Next, real quick. This is a quick one. Storms are often self-made. Now, I know I just told you that storms happen to everyone, but there are additional storms you may not be aware of. Jonah, story of Jonah, Jonah and the great fish. Okay, you remember that story? How many of you remember that from, from some time in your life? Sunday school or kids' church? Okay. Big fish swallows Jonah. Why? Because Jonah's running from God. Jonah's disobeying God. It, let's, let's look at the verses. Jonah 1.12. Throw me into the sea, Jonah said. And it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all, what did he say? My fault. Do you realize some of the storms you go through are your fault? If you get sloppy drunk and you get behind the wheel of a car and you kill someone as a drunk driver, you made that storm. You follow me, what I'm talking about here now? 
if, if you break the law and you are arrested and you, you go to jail for a crime you committed, you made that storm. If you break your marriage vows and your marriage ends up falling apart, you made that storm. Now, yes, storms happen to everyone, but we are also a part of some of the storms. And not only do those storms hit us, but sometimes the storms we make impact other people. Here's an observation with some good news. Even when God lovingly presses on your heart that the storm you are in is your own fault, remember this, you are still not alone. You can call for help. What a wonderful lesson. Next, finally, storms can be subdued and stilled. Let, let me wrap that for you. I am convinced that God wants us to be a part of his plan to subdue and still the storms that devastate the lives of other people. Yes, I know God can, can in a moment, just like he did with the building in, in the Bahamas that, that stood up in the midst of the storm. Rick, Rick was telling me later that a couple of the major support cables weren't even connected, but the building held up. When block cement buildings across the street were blown to the ground. God can do that. Psalms 89.9 says you rule the oceans, you subdue their storm-tossed waves. Psalms 107.29 says he calmed the storms to a whisper and stilled the waves. God can do that. But right now this morning, I'm, I'm saying, what do I learn from a storm? What am I supposed to take away? Instead of worrying about the why, here it is. God wants us to take away that we have nothing to fear in the storm. There's a, there's a little Bible fact that you may or may not be aware of. There's a phrase in the Bible that says, do not be afraid. How many, time, how many parents have ever told their kids, don't worry, don't be afraid? You ever told that to your kids? Some of you are lousy parents, okay? <laughs> how many of you ever told your kids, don't worry? Okay. God's telling us, don't worry. Do you know in the Bible there's 365 times 365 times he says, don't be afraid. How many days are there in a year? One for every day. Leap year, you're on your own, okay? <laughs> we have nothing to fear. You are never alone. Let's, let's go back to the storm of Sea of Galilee. Would you stand with me and have the band come and start getting ready? I just want to take you back because this is where the application is before I pray. Listen to me. Listen carefully. If you are a child of God and you've invited Christ into your life, where is Jesus when you are in the middle of a storm? Where is he? He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. He is there. And, and then I want you to go one step further. Why do you not think of him when the storm is going on? We do what? We focus our attention not on Christ, but on what? The storm. Have you ever done that? And, and then finally, oh man, this is, this is so, to me, so important that as we, we take this story and we take a lesson, this is a, like I say, a game changer. This is a life-changing principle. Do, do you realize that if you will understand who that guy is in the boat taking a nap, and he's not just a guy, he's God. And the one you invited into your heart to save you may not have understood everything about him no, any more than the disciples did when they started hanging around Jesus and following him around. They didn't know everything about him, 
but they grew to realize he was God. And the one who came into your life, who you asked to save you, is God, and he loves you, and he is there. And even when you mess up, you can do like this. <laughs> they did. And they said, hey, help us out. We're going to drown. He is always there. Now, if you don't know him, if you've never been born again, if you're not sure right now that Christ is in your heart and in your life, then there'll never be a better time than right now to call upon his name and ask him to save you. Let's bow for prayer. Lord, I pray if there's anybody here today who doesn't know you while heads are bowed, if they're not sure heaven's their home, I pray that they will call upon you, repent of their sins, confess their sin to you, putting it in their own words. I pray they'll just tell you how sorry they are. And I pray they will invite you into their life and give you charge of their life. May those who have already prayed a prayer of salvation recognize today, God, this lesson that you are always there, even in a storm. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.